are in Reflect Now, the podcast, season two. Uh, if you missed out, you missed out on a whole lot. If you're new to this space, let me give you the one sentence quick catch up. Reflect Now is all about us reflecting heaven in the place and space that God has us. And so we found so many inspiring stories, uh, different guests who in different places and different spaces are reflecting heaven here on earth, what that means, what that looks like, so that you feel inspired, encouraged uh, to reflect whatever God is calling you to reflect in the place and space you find yourself. I'm joined today. Um, I'm so excited that he is our first guest of season two. Uh, he actually is such a key part on, t- on, on team here at City, and his name is Jeffrey Mahachi. Hey. <laughs> Don't drop your phone. I almost dropped my phone. That, that just happened. <laughs> um, Jeffrey, you're such a, a big part of our team. If no one knows who you are or the extent of who you are, give mm. us the 30-second intro. 30-second intro, so for uh, a beautiful thing everyone likes to say, yeah. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Jeffrey. <laughs> Um, so what I do here at City, I am the music coordinator. I uh, coordinate music on Sundays, and then I do the live stream as well. Um, not often too much. Everyone, we've got a team now that's rolling in. I just make sure they're doing it right. And then um, I do a bit of socials here at, at City as well. And then other than that, I teach drums. Um, so I would, I'd actually say I'm an entrepreneur outside of that. So teach drums for not too many students now, but now I do a little bit of uh, video work, graphic design, all that kind of stuff. And so. Um, what else do I do? Yeah, honestly, it's just that video, photography, product photography shoots, just getting music. into music. I always forget about that. Always. I, I always forget it because it's like embedded into my character. It's like, you should already know that I'm probably, probably all about music. But actually outside of church. Yeah. Jeffrey does have a flippin' great career in terms of music, doing big things. EPs have come out. He's got a big following. It's a good thing. Um, but you can tell us more about that later. <laughs> uh, one thing I love about Jeffrey um, is that there's so much uh, that we don't necessarily know. And so we're going to do an icebreaker. We started out with a bit of a game just to get ourselves comfortable last season. We've got a new one this season. And so uh, I've got Jeffrey ready. We'll do two rounds of this. It's called Two Truths, One Lie. Mm. Um, and so basically Jeff's going to give me three options. Two of them are true. One of them is not. And I need to pick which one it is about him. So first round, let's go. Let's go. Okay, so I've got them on my phone. So the first one, I took art in high school and I dropped it for science. Ooh. Okay. Then Sounds second like one, you. growing up, I've always wanted to be a chef. That's what I wanted to be. And third one. I got hit by a car when I was cycling to the gym with my bestie, Dylan. To be fair, I know Dylan and he's a bit of a clown. And so it sounds like something you guys would do. Um, So I'm going to say that one's true. I'm going to say that you did drop art to do science. So I'll say that being the chef is the lie. That is it, dude. (laughs) One point. This this is the test. At least Jeff might be like the the, the guest I know the most. (laughs) Um, So hopefully I don't get this one wrong. I was trying to find some lies and I'm like, this guy knows too much. So you much. got hit by a car and survived. That's the I key did. of the story. Yeah. yeah, so I got hit by the car. Uh, it was just a side mirror that I hit actually, but I flipped over and tore my shoe off. But <laughs> My foot is okay. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, okay, the next Round one. Round two. Round two. So, um, in high school, I was obsessed with wrestling, WWE. Hey. <laughs> Smack it down. Yeah. I own a tambourine. And then finally, I went to China with my dad in first year. And everyone thought I was famous because I've never seen a black person before. Okay, so I know that that one must be true because <laughs> it's just true in general. Whenever you go to an Asian country, I've traveled, like I've done sports tours where our coach um, was a, a black guy and he was a hero. 
<laughs> or like people would stop him in the middle of the street to take pictures. So I'm going to say that one's true just because it, I've, I've experienced it myself. Not necessarily okay. with you, but I've experienced it. What's the lie? I'm feeling like the lie is the weird one, which is that you own a tambourine. Because I'm pretty sure there's a tambourine that you use, but maybe it's not yours. And so that's the lie. Did you spot on, bro? I don't actually own a tambourine. Two for two. I just use the one here at church. Exactly. <laughs> Done. Yeah. I just knew it. Well done, bro. That's winning. <laughs> the guest I, really I know the I, 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 I know the most is the one I got it right. So <laughs> hopefully we'll see how the rest of the seasons go. Um, Jeff, I'm so excited to, uh, as I said, have you as first guest. And the reason um, that we are in this new space, and you'll see we'll be in different spaces throughout this uh, season that I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. I picked this spot because it actually speaks a lot about who Jeff is and, and really what God has done in his journey and the places and spaces um, that he finds himself. Yes, he's on team here at City. And so you'll see we're literally on the uh, on the property uh, overlooking it but at the same time Jeff has his fingers in many different pies and so God has called him to also be an influence outside of this place and that's why you can see beyond our walls and so this is really a uh, representative of, Je- of Jeff and what God has done with him and so Jeff yes. um, I want to start a conversation with that we'll start with the, the kind of the outside and yeah. you do roll in circles where sometimes the idea of reflecting heaven in that space that place might be difficult and so you do a lot in the music scene we know the music industry comes with its own vices its own dangers mm. how do you find uh, first of all this idea of reflecting heaven on earth yeah. um, as it is in heaven let it be here on earth yeah. how would you define that for someone who is completely new to that concept yeah so what I was thinking about it earlier is that um, Ideally, so I base it off uh, Jesus' idea of what uh, reflecting heaven looks like. And so, um, and so what that is, is Jesus' Jesus's intention of coming back was to make sure heaven and earth were reunited again. Mm. And so back in the OT, Old Testament, um, <laughs> back in the OT, so uh, the, what, what happened with the fall of man was the separation of heaven and earth. And so that has just happened for now decades and decades and decades. And Jesus, God's intention was, I'm going to bring back Jesus. I'm going to come back on earth so we can reunite heaven and earth. And so that then basically means the idea of having heavenly principles combined, uh, brought down on earth. Mm. And so seeing things through a heavenly mindset. Yeah. And so now what does that look like? Uh, so I hope that answers the definition. Personally. That's helpful. And yeah. then um, seeing that then played out in normal life, as mm. we had spoken about, um, it can be a difficult place when other people that you're around don't necessarily hold those values, don't yeah. necessarily have that. You know, a big part of uh, of heaven is this kind of kingdom mindset that there is a kingdom on, of, uh, on earth and there is a kingdom in heaven. And God is obviously the king of heaven. And so there's yeah. things that he plans and desires and we want to see that lived out here. Mm. But this world so often goes a different way. Yeah. And so I know you've experienced that in different places. Mm. But how have you, uh, especially in the realm of character, because it's something you value and something you want to mm. show, how do you think it's helpful to really live this thing out and protect your character in this, that space? Yeah, so... For context sake, context. So um, when, um, so the mu- for those of you that don't know the music industry, it's um, it, it's a bit it's a bit rough. And so, like, if you're if you love Jesus and you do want to get into the music scene, you need to make sure you have a community of people with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, starting off like in university, making sure that I had people here at church that were super kind, super helpful, and they were with me in the journey because they were always like, Jeff, 
come back, come back. It wasn't like I was going on the tangent, but like when you hang out a lot with people, you're, you're uh, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm. It's that kind of mindset. And so if you're hanging around with lots of people that don't love Jesus, you just need to watch out because you're probably going to start swaying a bit that way. So having people yeah. around you in that circle. So, but um, the music industry is mad. It's hectic. And so like you'll be around people and like the, the way they relieve stress is completely different to how someone that loves Jesus would. And that could involve like drinking, smoking, sex, you know, all the kind of shebang. And so it's, uh, it's, it's quite... Don't say shebang and sex in the same place. <laughs> That's something I would do. In a preach, I've done that on stage. It's, it's hilarious. But this is a podcast. We're talking about these things. It's important. Yeah. So um, you, you want to make sure that you have the right mindset. And so like, and how do you reflect God in, in that instance when you're, you know, you've played, you just played at a show and everyone's like, hey, Jeff, you want some of x whatever it might be and you don't want to oftentimes people are like oh i'm just gonna be like that lame guy who's like oh, i don't want anything and like a cool thing is you want to set the staple of what a heavenly mindset looks like in that context mm. and like yeah and what that looks like is how, how do you relieve stress like maybe it might be a really bad show and they're like we wanna we wanna just go and knock out all our memory right now you're like no um, once you have a heavenly mindset, you kind of look to Jesus as your center of hope and your center of peace. Mm. And so even if something was really bad and you played really bad or the people don't pay you, you firstly have in that mindset, okay, cool, God's got me. Mm. And I was telling you earlier about that verse, uh, Matthew 6, verse 26 and onwards, where it talks about how much God cares for the, the birds of the air, how much more is he going to care for you? Mm. And even in that situation, knowing that there's comfort. It actually, Matthew titled it, Don't Worry. Uh, of that passage and so speaking into that you're like okay cool I'm not gonna worry I'm not gonna yeah. be anxious and so once you have that mindset it makes it a lot easier to be calm in those situations and so it's actually happened where we played a really bad show and everyone was freaking out and they're like Jeff how are you so calm what the heck this was so we were never gonna mm. play here again and I just had the mindset of hope because I know that God's still faithful he's still mm. good he'll still bless us with shows which he did after that and they were literally like there was because I know that um, I play at church and I, I'm here and they're like, yo, we should probably get back to church so we can get that peace of mind. <laughs> it's literally the words. 100%. And I was like, that's cool. So that's what it looks like to then be God's beacon yeah. in a place where it's quite rough. Yeah. I love how you're talking about and it, it all comes down to that source. Everyone's going to have their the, the source of their belief, their value of their identity and the, and the fruit of that that we're seeing even in you and what you've talked mm. about is it, it's going to be a fruit of God's peace. It's going to be a fruit yeah. of God's uh, perspective mm. in a different situation. Yeah. Uh, another source that you've spoken about a lot in different contexts and, and I, I have the privilege of watching you play it out, mm. specifically here at church, but even just in general, yeah. um, is the realm of creativity. Yeah. You're a massive creative um, and a, like creative par excellence mm. in multiple mediums, multiple fields. And I think um, you've always exhibited it and grown it yeah. and been really like that. You really are trying to be that Mr. Miyagi of creativity. <laughs> like, how do we do this um, for anyone that cares or has a desire within that space? Um, I think a big part of the source of your creativity is God, but I, I, why don't talk to us a bit more about that or what that could look like because that, that will come in different facets mm. different angles mm. different perspectives um, but that source of creativity what does it what does that mean for you yeah so um, so what's beautiful is knowing uh, 
our identity first and always every single thing that I, I try and do and just been praying a lot in lately is to remember my identity and where it's placed yeah. and Bible talks about how identity should be placed in God and the reason why is because we've been made in his likeness mm. and so once you have that mindset you're like okay cool now God how do I apply that in all my realms of living and so now I see how do I apply that in my creativity and the beautiful thing is you can fight me but i believe god is the most creative being that will ever be and the reason why is um when you think about things around you god created it with no point of reference hmm. and like that song so alive speaks into and like god creates things with no reference and so he was like i'm looking at a palm tree right now and he created that not no like he was like this is palm tree you're like this is what it's going to look like this is what they're going to grow into I, it, it like baffles me that that like that's what it is I could never create something and say this is what it will be even if I try to do that I'm still using God's element the elements that he created yeah. to make something and but then knowing that that the infinite God said we've been made in his likeliness you know made in his image that we are image bearers knowing that I'm like okay cool I've got this infinite source of creativity who's standing next to me who's encouraging me reminding me of my identity yeah. and so having that in mind it's just beautiful because then you know that I've got creative, I've got creativity always on end. Definitely, you know? yeah. I love watching, um, and we've spoken a lot, a lot about it, especially running through the last uh, eighteen months, two years, living through uh, COVID life, and really what what COVID church has looked like. Mm. And I think the biggest thing that we've seen shift in creativity within church is creativity in church pre-COVID was gaining some real traction because of its ability to tell stories, its ability to capture people's um, imagination and connect them to the greatest story the world's ever known. Mm -hmm. But creativity over the last 18 months has gone to new level and creatives have gone to a new level in church because church has had to lean on creatives yeah. to literally meet, to gather, to you have your grand church who is now streaming. Mm. Some creative had to do that, yeah. had to get that church there. Mm. Um, and I think it's so important to understand that shift because I've said it to you personally, um, and I'll say that, I'll say it here. Uh, Jeffrey, I have known since he was a young teenager. And one thing I've always noticed and one thing I've told him is I really do believe beyond him being this super talented creative, um, he has got some of the, he's got one of the biggest underrated leadership gifts I've seen um, in a young man. And I think the mistake church has made is so many creatives have sat on the, have sat on the sidelines or have uh, reached a cap in church because they were only creators. Mm. And so they had this massive creative gift, but somehow they couldn't ever go to that next level because there was a leadership cap put on them. Yeah. And what I believe we're seeing now is this growth in terms of creatives actually flexing in leadership, sitting on leadership teams, sitting on eldership teams, sitting in, in pastoral roles, which uh, we're seeing more and more, and I think it's so important. Um, why You always speak about, hey, I'm, I'm the guy who is going to play out the vision of church in the space I'm in, in the responsibility I have, in the team that I'm, I'm leading. Mm. What do you think takes creators to that next level where they actually start to lead in church, mm. be the ones who aren't just taking a vision and making it happen, but even being the ones who come up with a vision, to bear a vision? Yeah. How do you think they take that next step? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's, a good, that's a good point. Like I've been watching, one thing I love doing is I love learning. I didn't like it in, in high school when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I just thought it's just because of the... What's really interesting is you leave high school and all of a sudden creatives are like MVPs. But in, in high school, it, it's the academics and, and the sporty people. And so I felt like I was not an MVP. And so that's why I didn't really enjoy learning. And then yeah. leaving high school, you get into university, creatives are all around you. And you're like, okay, this is cool. Let's go to a poetry slam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go do that. And so, um, so uh, yeah, so, so, so then like you, you grow up being a, thinking that like um, creativity isn't actually a strong suit. You need to go and actually drop your creativity. Your, your, or like if you are creative, you're probably going to feel very undermined or lit belittled. And so even if you have leadership skills that are crazy good, you're going to feel undermined because growing up, you've, you, you know, the biggest push is academics or sports. And then, there's not, and then there's cultural stuff, but it's not like there's classes on how to video edit or how to, how to really enjoy music, not just the, the grading system or just all that kind of, it's art, but it's still not like, how do I truly express myself? And as you know, I did art for a year <laughs> and I dropped it. And then when I did science. <laughs> yeah, I did science because I, I was undermined. I didn't think that art was going to be a benefit to me. Mm. It, it is now. Jeffrey only told me today that he draws. Didn't know that he, that he did it. See, Chris, <laughs> even behind the camera, didn't know. <laughs> I draw, Chris. <laughs> and so that's why um, you leave high school and there's still that, that floating, like creatives aren't going to be yeah. running successful businesses. Creatives aren't going to be leading churches, countries, nations. Mm. Creatives aren't going to be doing that because their role is to design a logo. That's it. But their, you know, their role can be to design their own logo for their own business, mm. which is now running because they've learned how to do it and they've been encouraged so much. And so, um, I think the, I think firstly, like, to get to that space where creatives are really now taking the point of leadership is we need to encourage our creatives. Yeah, we need to remind them like, you, it still encourage your academics, still encourage those that really love math. There's nothing wrong with that. I think there's just we 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 too much but little creatives. We don't give them the credit. We don't give them the space to be free. Um, we don't, I don't know, there's just not really much support and even emotional support. And that's so important, especially if you want to pursue freelancing because then people throw you aside, they pay you too little, you know, or like they, they take your drawing and then you, you design something for them and they don't pay you and they're like, oh, I don't like it anymore and they don't even pay you the deposit fee, all that kind of stuff. And that's just in the, in the, in the world. And then like in, in a church setting, like, not saying that that happens, it might happen, I don't know, I don't want to point fingers. But um, I think just understanding that creatives have a really big uh, voice mm. and they have just different mediums. And it might be that um, like a pastor will preach through his voice, but a creative might put together a really beautiful video that can still help lead people to understanding. Yeah. And for, this, for example, this church's vision to help people get and keep Jesus for us in their lives. And then from that, they can still encourage a creative team underneath them to go, guys, this is our vision. Yeah. And even in that, they can still encourage their co So someone in the preach team, hey, yeah. guys, this is our vision. I see this. You're still not doing this. Yeah. We need to be pushing towards that. And so encouraging creatives to step outside of just the sideline dogs that you only hire for freelance work. Yeah. So like you actually have an important voice and your voice matters and your creativity matters. And we want to combine them to to help you lead yeah we want to tell the world yeah creators matter creators <laughs> need to be empowered yeah because they literally are so important and uh i just hope and it's my prayer for our church the church in general uh businesses 
we need to put value where value is and there's value to add when you get creatives involved mm. um, that's at a macro scale we're going to end with this and this will be my last question to you before we go um, at a micro level mm. for the person who's watching maybe they've got a creative gift maybe they've got a creative desire whatever that might be um, what would be your biggest encouragement in terms of creativity no matter the medium but just um, in taking next steps in um, in avoiding those creative blocks in going next level with whatever the creativity it is mm. what mm. would be your big encouragement uh, to that individual yeah that's cool so uh, I want to cite uh, Ableton, which is the program I used to, to make music. They do this thing on YouTube where they, it's called Just One Thing. And they put one, one tip that musicians can do to kind of break that creativity. So some old guy would say, take a microphone and record a truck, turn that into, uh, you know, like your next song, something like that. Um, and um, the, one video, the one video spoke about this um, idea of firstly just practicing but practicing with no agenda, mm. knowing that what you make will probably be horrible <laughs> and being okay with it. Like that's, that's the one thing. Like some, some of you might be a little uh, perfectionists or struggling with that idea of perfection. Just accept that sometimes you'll make something and it's bad. It is garbage. And you look at it and you're like, this is horrible. But um, as you practice and as you keep on going, just imagine a tap that's opening that hasn't been opened in years. The water is firstly gonna be brown. But then eventually it's going to carry on pouring out, pouring out. It's going to turn into clear water. Just because the, you know, the drains were a little dirty. Sometimes that might happen to you. Sometimes you, you might be a space where you either started or it just might be a little dip. And there's a little bit of dirt that was down there in the pipe. And it's just you know, making its way back through again. You, um, you just need to keep pushing through because eventually clear water is going to come through. And so that's a big advice that I can give to anyone that's in the creative. If you're stuck in that rut. So like for example... And I said this in a cool Instagram video I made. If you're a, if you're a, a writer, poet, whatever, just write with no intention. Just write whatever comes to your head. Just carry on writing. It'll probably be rubbish again in the beginning, but eventually it's going to make sense. If you like to rhyme, it's going to start rhyming, you know? You might start with like, you're trying to rhyme door hinge and you'll be like door hinge with orange and then you'll be like, <laughs> eventually it comes into something really beautiful where it's just a flow of words. If you're a... This is a scary one if you're like a, um, a create producer, so a video producer, uh, a music producer, something that involves a, an application. You create a project and then you delete it because then it's going to remind you that you can still make a project tomorrow and it's still going to be good. It's just you believing that there's an infinite source of creativity because yeah. creativity really is infinite. You can constantly create something. Yeah. And the best thing is, and I think you, you mentioned it, when you have that source of creativity, knowing that God's the biggest creative uh, ever known, mm. but uh, also doing our part in terms of practice, it's going to change everything. Yeah. Um, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. So appreciate it. Hey, if you enjoyed this, we would really encourage you to share it with someone. Um, when you're talking about reflecting heaven, when you're talking about character, when you're talking about creativity, these are the conversations we want to be having. having. I hope you're inspired. hope you're encouraged. Uh, share this with someone. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.